When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Launched to right field. Back and gone. A two-run home run for Max Kepler. What a great inning for the Twins. Are you here by circle? <laughs> Just doing that to irritate me. Absolutely, one hundred percent. How about so, the German Max Kepler hit that two-run homer? The last two runs of a seven-run inning, right? Seven-run inning was it? Was it a seven-run yes. inning? Yes. It made it eight to one for the Twins in the bottom of the fourth. Quite an explosion. And then uh, Kyle went out there, and uh, Kyle Gibson, he reverted to the form that we were all afraid we might see again. (laughs) Now, a couple of the hits later in the inning were scratch hits, but boom, 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 right off the bat. And uh, he gives it up. uh, He gives up uh, five to make it eight to six. At which point I tweeted out, this is going to be a bad loss. And uh, (laughs) you could just sense it. So they somehow Duke loads the bases in the seventh. Addison Reed pitching with strep throat wasn't available yesterday. Comes in and gets him out of that. Gets him out of the eighth. Boy, he's been good so far. Yes, he has. And then uh, Rodney comes in and what the hell? The bases are loaded with one out. That's what he do. That's what he's (laughs) supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So they get a double. They get a ball hit up the middle. I uh, got a chance to get two, and Dozier uh, throws the ball past. Uh, there's a ball to first, and they throw to second. Dozier took the throw because of the shift they had, and uh, threw it past Rodney at first. So that's a throw scored. he needs to pocket, though, right? Because I even on right target, there. even on target, I don't think they get it. They might have gotten him. They, yeah, I don't think they were going to get him either. But uh, anyway, it's it's. Uh, eight eight and uh, everybody's depressed and Rodney still got to get out of the inning right because yeah, yeah. the guy goes a second he gets out of the inning two outs nobody on uh, Kepler hits another home run uh, same place not quite as long Twins win nine eight and boy uh, if that kid decides to hit the way he hit for a couple of months as a rookie. Uh, that would help a lot. And this is yes. why the other day I was uh, upset that Molitor took him out. And I, I know his batting average against left-handers hasn't been great, but he's a kid still. I want I want him getting those at-bats to see if he can be a factor against left-handed pitching because he has a swing that can play from, from I think, from either right-handers or left-handers. And, right, and what's going to happen is uh, because Molitor doesn't want five lefties in the lineup, 
uh, Lamar or somebody. Somebody's going to play for either him or Rosario. Sure, sure. Most of the time. But anyway. Hey, you took two or three from the champs. Two bombs today. Uh, you know, overall, after today, even with the uh, offensive explosion, uh, the hitting explosion, you got to be uh, a little gloomy because uh, you, you got to see the old-fashioned Gibson there. Which uh, you don't you don't want to see that anymore. You thought he had turned a corner last year, and you don't want to see him go out there and not get ahead of guys and puke up a, a, a eight to one lead. Are uh, there a different set of circumstances though when you're facing this lineup? Well, there might be a different set of circumstances when you're facing this lineup in frozen conditions. But uh, yeah, I suppose you can't go right after guys. But uh, it, it was still when it's eight to one. You get them out in the fifth, and yeah. Houston's ready to go home. Yeah. They, they want to get in the plane and leave, but you get you you put them right back in the ball. And that's game. supposed to be you put them right back yeah. in the ball game. Now they're interested. And mm-hmm. when when it's eight to one, when, you, when you've been spotted a seven run lead, that's when you're supposed to settle yeah. in and get comfortable and yeah. just go right. Yeah. You're not you're not pitching with any you know nerves or you know being tense or anything like that. But uh, yeah, anyway, Twins win nine eight. Kepler hits two home runs. Rosario emptied the bases uh, with a gapper. A double and a gap in that uh, in that big inning. Uh, then then in the bottom of the fifth, they come back and get five and make it eight to six. And then you got them second and third, one out. Joe up, followed by Rosario. Joe struck out. I don't know what Rosario did. Uh, Rosario also struck, struck out. out. So uh, you leave him sitting there, and that's when I've covered a few, couple of thousand baseball games, probably at least. That's uh, you get a sense of things <laughs> that right now you would like to get a hit to make it ten to six again, so they don't say, "Oh, oh, how about this? Let's win this game." Or in the case of Joe, even a sack fly, something. any, any old, yeah, something. you got to get. Well, you don't have to get two there, but you got to get one. You know. You anyway, know, they win the game nine eight. I so. wonder too, Pat, based upon the conversation we had last hour about Sano, given he wasn't in the lineup, are we going to start seeing a little bit more of that from the from the manager saying, "I need a guy that can make." I think I don't think it's the plays he's where he's not worried about the plays in the field. But 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 a combination of that with the at bats he's been taking. It's recently. all the at bats. I don't think it's. I don't think they're that terribly upset about the way he's playing third. That's what they're going to get. Sure. But uh, you know, and he's. He's made as many good ones as bad ones. <laughs> so, uh, but it's it's strictly the fact that he's the easiest guy to strike out in the history of baseball. That's uh, forty, that's, that's, nearly forty percent. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. That's it's, it's brutal. You can't you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the the problem is uh, he's got to figure out a way to hit the 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 stick, stay on the ball away. Because he can hit that pitch, he's never going to hit that high fastball. He's he can't get there, and he's he can't resist it either. But he, you know, it drove me crazy last year when everybody's said, "Oh boy, he's looking for a fastball now." No, he's looking for a hanging breaking ball. That's what he's looking for. He is not. You he can hit the fastball down. He cannot hit the fastball uh, in the middle of his, uh, not even up to his chest, below his chest. Uh, you know, below, uh, right, right at the top of his belly, he cannot hit that fastball. But he's, uh, he's, uh, I don't know. I told you this, and I mean it. I'd send him to the minor leagues if this is still going on a week from now. Mm. If he's striking out forty percent of the time, the hell with him. Boy, him. With, boy, would that be telling, man? 
If you're well, if, if you're what, what that, else are you going to do? You yeah. can't keep letting him strike out 40% of the time. you got to prod him. you got to hit him with the cattle prod He here, needs man. a wake-up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what just, if Molitor busted that out? I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but just like how sad is that if you, if you, if you have to resort to doing that? Like mm-hmm. that's just... That's that's just really bad, man. If he's at this point where you got to send him down, and I understand it, like I'm not disagreeing. Well, I don't with you guys. think it's, it's just... even been brought up, and I'm probably the only one saying it. But I'm saying that you cannot. You know, Tory Hunter went back. Tory Hunter yeah. had a good rookie year, and then he was not hitting, and he was hitting two ten, and the they end of down. end of uh, May, and they sent him down for six weeks, and he came back a different player. So, but Tory was a. Tori had a little more going on above the shoulders than this kid does. You know, uh, yeah. you are neglecting one duty that you have on what? this show or on social media, I should put it, to every day. You know what's going on right now? What? The Twins are wishing the Wild good luck. Oh, and the Wolves goody, good luck. goody, goody. And the Wild are congratulating <laughs> the Twins on their win and wishing the Wolves good Here's luck. Here's the thing. Is Schuster, <laughs> is Schuster in Winnipeg now to give the Wild the pregame speech? Well, That's what I want they to might have been celebrating <laughs> with the Twins, and now we're heading to Winnipeg. Yeah, Schuster, uh, Schuster will be there. I, mean, I know he will. What be. if they did the Twins congratulatory celebration here? They're flying to Winnipeg to give them the pregame speech, and they come back to Target Center to, uh, to revel in the Wolves. Wolves victory tonight. That's the trifecta right there. Shut uh, up, Chris. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> right. We'll be back. <laughs> Momentarily, uh, NBA.com NBA writer, obviously. And I'm going to have to confirm this with Ash, but I think he's the only sports writer to ever write a game story on a Wolves playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I believe that is true. I think he covered all the playoff seasons. Uh, wow. The, uh, eight years. There was a good that, run there. That would make him the only guy. Ashy, is that true? Are you the only guy to ever write a playoff game story for the Star Tribune? <laughs> um, I can't imagine anybody else would have. You I covered mean, that was all, my duty. You covered all eight playoff seasons, right? Yeah, and and you know, I mean, Ken Youngblood was backup guy even back yeah. in the day, but you don't use backup guys on playoff games. No, so I, no I wasn't no, dispatched no. any other series. No, I was just I was trying to confirm that you uh, you uh, I, I thought that that you were for all eight playoff seasons and i gotta think that this is their only set only their second ever win or go home game in franchise history because those they never cut it that close they never cut it that close making the playoffs right well i mean i mean a a win and i guess a win and you advance lose and you don't game because uh obviously they lost a lot of playoff games that were win or go home but well, I mean, off top of the head, the game seven against Sacramento, right? That's in, it. In 2004. No, no, no. Game five against Seattle Ooh. in 1998. Okay. Which was the first Marbury Garnett playoff, um, not playoff experience. They played against uh, Houston the year before. But that's the one where Marbury and Garnett were starting to feel their oats. They got to game five, and lo and behold, who did the Wolves miss that day? Michael Williams. Really? Remember that? Sure. Michael Williams had gotten suspended for the game because he stepped off the bench when there was a little bit of an altercation of some sort. I forget who the principal was. And they uh, they docked him. Now, so this guy who was never available to play because of the, you know, the worst case of plantar fasciitis <laughs> yes. in, in sports history. He invented plantar fasciitis. Hey, yeah. Ash, yeah. when did you leave? 
When did you leave? I the- left uh, after I left a month or so ahead of KG. Once I was gone, KG figured okay. I'd go too. So it, it's hard to believe that a guy who has been gone from the star trombone for 11 years is the leading historian of Wolves playoff <laughs> basketball. Because <laughs> there has been none. I can't even win bar bets down here with that, though. I mean, <laughs> no, it doesn't no. do much for me. It's doesn't, not much of a calling card. Uh, the big problem for the Timberwolves is uh, Denver goes into this game playing really well, and the Timberwolves go in having played really poorly for about a month. Yeah, it's um, it really is kind of a pick 'em kind of a game. I mean, I, I we had to do that today for our site, and and I went on record as picking the Wolves primarily because of home court. And then my second reason was the minutes police have to shut up tonight. They can't <laughs> yes. say a thing. Tibbs yeah. can grind those guys for however long it takes, and if that gets them in, all is forgiven. And if they don't make it, it doesn't matter if he watched anybody's minutes or not. So that's off the table, and I just think that that, the fact that Denver's not been a great road team, they are playing better, um, and it just depends. They had a seven-game road trip in late in the season, and that's, that's grueling. That's really unfair for the league to stack things up like that. They went three and four, and I think they might have learned some things about themselves on that road trip. So you could say, well, that wasn't good, and they wouldn't be in this position right now if they hadn't had to face that sort of an obstacle. But um, maybe what they've done since then, or even as that, ga- that trip was completing, um, has, has put them in this position, too. So I, I can't recall, to be honest with you, Patrick, I mean, this is an all-eyes-around-the-league on Minneapolis tonight kind of a game. Because I can't recall you know, a, a regular season game with this much interest and this much impact even you know, even at the bottom of the Western Conference seedings, that you know people want to see, and and I, I frankly would have expected NBA TV would grab this game. And, they did. And, uh, know, they put, did today. They did. Okay, good. They, they, have they didn't have set. it on the schedule, mm-hmm. and and I found that you know uh, incomprehensible, and, and even tweeted about it, and and they got it. They got to do this. I mean, this just for ratings, just for self interest. Never mind what they what you know the fans want. Yeah, they they did do that. Uh, the the pro- one problem here is Taj Gibson had to uh, leave the game the other day with a stiff neck. Warrior that yeah. he is, he he practiced some today, but uh, he has been really good. He's been a better player than I thought he was. Yeah, he's he's just solid. I mean, he does so many things. He's valuable on the court. He's valuable in the locker room. You know, all that proverbial stuff. And uh, he's a grown up, and that that makes uh, a big world difference in in a league where you notice who the the grown ups are. And uh, yeah, very important. And, and and if he can play at all, he'll be out there, and I'm sure he'll play as long as he possibly can. Uh, Wiggins has had some horrendous numbers uh, the last uh, three weeks or so, uh, shooting low 30s and uh, and having a real hard time, and not because Butler came back, even before that. Uh, he's uh, he's a hard-to-read cat, man. I know you came up and uh, did a piece on him, and uh, that yep. wasn't easy, easy working for a guy trying to interview him. Yeah, he's a tough interview, and, and to get beyond sort of the boilerplate uh, stuff is, is a challenge. Um, it was early in the season, and so even as I wrote my story, though, it was more of a cautionary tale, like, you know what, this guy needs to get it. He needs to ramp up the effort. I think his teammates and, and the people in the organization, they know what Andrew Wiggins is giving them and what he's not giving them and the gap between his potential and, and, and where he's at. and. That has to be closed now, you know, except that it doesn't because you can get paid, yep. as he soon will, without having to worry about that. You play hard against Cleveland and Toronto because, you know, those games are 
opponents or teams that, that figured in your pass for him. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know the fan base has frustration with him. If he had a big night tonight, again, all would be forgiven, I would imagine, until, until the next uh, dip in his, in his intensity. Um, Denver's a tricky team, though. I mean, I, you know, he, he can be helpful defensively. Um, they just don't have that one guy. I mean, Jamal Murray might be the guy who, yeah. you know, scares you the most, and, and whether that's a Butler assignment or, or Andrew Wiggins can handle that the way he matched up, you know, it's kind of silly, but the way he matched up with Harrison Barnes and got kudos the other night for that, but it's like, good God, it's the Dallas Mavericks and, and Harrison Barnes. This is a different level already. And it's only going to get um, more challenging as as they go forward. If, if indeed, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I think he's more of an off guard. I I think he's over there on the other side of the floor and doesn't know yeah. what the hell they want him to do half the time. I'm sure they're telling him what to do, but this was a problem that Thibodeau had to figure out uh, how to get Wiggins and Butler to play together. And uh, eighty in game eighty two, I don't think that's been figured out yet. Well, you're right. It's a heck of a time to have to try, and and I don't think they can waste any time trying to force that or coax that along. Um, you know, there's certain players that you go to them early in hopes that 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 will keep them warm and and get them involved. But I don't think Minnesota can can fiddle around at all. Um, I saw a stat online today. Carl Anthony Towns has got a uh, a big plus minus against Denver so far this season. And to me, he's the guy, you know, in, in his matchup with Jokic, um, whoever wins that one goes a long way towards uh, towards winning that game tonight. And Jokic, you know, uh, it's always great to see him. You don't want to see him excel tonight if you're in Minnesota, I understand. But he is maybe the best passing big man out there and just um, just a, a finesse game that, um, you know, really saved their, their butts the other night um, against uh, Portland. And uh, he against Carl Anthony Towns, you know, is, is sort of the game within the game and a lot of fun for people that don't have a vested interest in the outcome. Steve Ashburn is with us in NBA.com. Uh, Cat's been having some foul problems in big games lately, and uh, Jokic has uh, foul trouble all the time. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see who gets three, gets number three first. Carl just has to be cool. He just cannot get let the rest get in his head. I mean, even if, you know, as right as he might be about a call or a non-call, you just can't get sanctimonious out there because you don't win. Uh, hey, when he was in Chicago, I guess I didn't pay close enough attention. Uh, is uh, Thibodeau uh, always ragged the officials the whole time, every trip up and down the floor like he does now? I don't see any different in, in time whatsoever. <laughs> I think he sat on the... He sat down for the first couple of trips up and down the floor the other night, I noticed, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, new leaf. Um, <laughs> uh, but he was up and blocking the owner's view, and uh, just like he was blocking Nicholson's view the other night in L.A. And No, I think Tom is a constant in life. He's, uh, You know that fellow Sid that you have up there in yeah. Minnesota? Yeah. Tom, Tom sort of sticks to what works the way Sid is stuck to what works for <laughs> All these years. Yeah, a little different uh, approach is for uh, bringing the, uh, as far as the athletes are concerned, bringing the sugar. What has been interesting, <laughs> though, is Thibodeau has really, at least not publicly, uh, said much about Wiggins, and most of what he said is when he went out of his way to try to praise him. He hasn't, he must have decided that the, uh, uh, that yelling at him and, uh, and saying anything publicly uh, against him is not going to help. That same, that same as he's been. I mean, well, even when he was an assistant, where he wasn't really in position to do that. But when he was with the Bulls and all the frustration over Derrick Rose, I mean, he never bailed on Derrick Rose. He never had, 
you know, uh, the wrong thing to say about any of those guys, uh, whether they frustrated him or not. Joe Kim Noah or, um, you know, Butler was sort of his, his guy, but, um, blew all Deng's injuries and, you know, and there was enough, there was enough flack coming towards Tom on behalf of those guys in terms of the injuries and the minutes and all of that. And that's sort of been a constant as well. But he's no, he's he's loyal that way. He will not hang a guy out to dry, and you know, even we can guess at his personal feelings and and think that he probably shares some frustrations in certain cases. But um, he's pretty good about that. And he even even when you talk to him privately, I mean, you know, I've never I've never heard him you know light up one of his own guys. Hey Ash, uh, some amazing success stories in the NBA. Uh, Jazz right up there among them. Pelicans hanging in there without DeMarcus Cousins and the Pacers the being a five seed in the East. It's uh, teams that uh, were widely considered to be non-playoff teams when the year started. Yeah, very much so. I mean, New Orleans played better without Cousins. Yeah, um, Anthony Davis is going to get a lot of MVP votes just because. You know, he has them, I think, six games over in far fewer games than what they were with Cousins when they were about five or six games over 500. So he sort of stepped into the breach there and and was able to be his old self and and dominate. Um, Indiana is amazing. I don't think I I don't think I had them in the postseason. Um, They got the better of that trade, and people were laughing at them for the for the Paul George trade, where all they got was Victor Aladipo and. uh, Oladipo and uh, DeMontis Sabonis. And Oladipo is going to win the Most Improved Player of the Year award um, in a runaway. And, uh, you know, uh, they've had a tremendous year. Nate McMillan will get Coach of the Year votes. And Utah right now, I think Utah is the third best team in the Western Conference and a team none of those other Western teams want to want to face. I think uh, um, they, they actually could give a team like Golden Gold State actually is kind of vulnerable, I think. And... If Minnesota ends up with Golden State, if they end up at seven, if that's possible, in a two, you know, two seven kind of Spurs would have to beat the Pelicans, and they'd have to win tonight, obviously. Okay, well, yeah. um, that you know that wouldn't be the worst thing, and it would seem horrible having to take on defending champs and three straight you know trips to the finals, the Warriors. But without Curry, that's a different team, and and they are. They're beatable. They're certainly more defensible because uh, when Curry's not on the floor. So um, if I'm Minnesota, I'd much rather take on Golden State. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's splitting hairs. I think there's a clear edge. You'd rather have Golden State than Houston at this point. All righty, Ash. Uh, where's your life starting to play? Oh, you got to know what the matchups are first. You don't get <laughs> to stay home. Matchups. Huh? I'm on hold. I, I, got, I stayed home. I passed up Detroit at Chicago tonight downtown. And I stayed home to watch this game tonight. I'll be in New York for the Board of Governors meeting Friday, and I'll just have to go from there on a one-way airfare wherever they want me to go. I, I got a hunch it'll probably be LeBron's first two playoff games uh, this week, you know, starting this weekend, uh, whoever they play. It might be Indiana, I guess. So I'll be, uh, I'll be in my Midwestern roots. All right, Ashy, thank you. I've uh, raised my hand for games three and four in the Twin Cities. All right, come on. Join right. us here. You, you, you have Good never met. It's going to be heartbreaking yeah. if they make the playoffs. You will miss a Wolves playoff game for the first time. I know. This, everybody's streak ends. You know, <laughs> mine. All right. Thank you, Patrick. Okay. It hasn't. The trouble is, it's taken 14 years for it to end the streak. He's been gone since. He's the true he's Iron been Man. Gone 11 years. <laughs> And he's never missed a Wolves playoff game. Oh, my God. 
Donnie, did you hear that conversation with Ashburner? I, I heard most of it, not the whole thing. Left here in 2007, and he's never missed no. a Wolves playoff game. <laughs> oh, God. That's amazing, isn't I it? I love how he said, that's not going to win me any bar trivia. <laughs> that's great. Summer of the Garnett trade, man. Wow. Wow. Uh, this update sponsored by Account Temps. Demand for top talent is at an all-time high. Account Temps can help you find highly skilled temporary accounting and finance professionals who fit your needs and hit the ground running. Account Temps are Robert Half Company. Big night in sports, of course. Timberwolves playing for their playoff life tonight. Last game of the season. If they want to be in the playoffs, they'll need to beat Denver tonight. If Denver wins, they'll go to the playoffs instead of the Wolves. Uh, the Wolves, by the way, if you're uh, wondering about Taj Gibson, uh, he went through the whole practice, Tom Thibodeau said. I think he'll be good. We'll see before the game. Let him warm up. So he didn't tell us much. Boy, they need him badly, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, the Wild opened their playoff run in Canada. They play the Jets up in Winnipeg, game one. The best of seven. They're starting here in an hour and a half or so, right? Yep. Isn't it six o'clock? Yes. No, I, uh, mm-hmm. I told Manny this, but I bribed the young man in my home that he could stay up and watch the entire wild game if he behaved himself what all week. it goes overtime? Well, but he didn't realize that it's only going to go till 8.30, which is his normal <laughs> bedtime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if he goes to overtime, then I'm in, uh, then I'm in trouble. The Twins with a 9-8 win over Houston today. Max Kepler with his second home run of the game in the bottom of the ninth. Twins had scored eight in the fourth inning, led at that point 8-1 to one before Houston came back to tie it. White Sox now coming into town for a four-game series that kicks off tomorrow night. Uh, other baseball games today, uh, Colorado leads San Diego 6-3. to three. In that ball game, we had a uh, full-scale middle-of-the-season brawl. A really? Brook. Good. After Luis Perdomo, uh, Kenny's mad because he, he no punches were thrown. Mm-hmm. I said, that's a baseball brawl, Kenny. Mm-hmm. Come on. No, there was punches thrown. Well, but none can None, none landed. Hold, hold me back, bro. Hold me back. <laughs> Luis Perdomo <laughs> hit whom? He threw behind Roland Arenado. Arenado oh, charged man. the mound. Roland was not happy. Uh-huh. Perdomo tossed his glove at Arenado, okay. and uh, they started throwing punches. No, none landed, like we said. The benches cleared. Relievers ran in from the bullpen. Uh, A.J. Ellis, who was catching for the Padres, and Arenado then started Why don't they start other. a rule that you cannot run in from the bullpen? Yeah. You know, you got to let... You got to let people run out of the dugout to even up the odds there. Mm-hmm. But uh, make it like the NBA sideline. It's stupid because you got to wait for those jackasses to go back after the fight's right. over. I'd rather see a rule where they have to hit them in the face <laughs> with a close fist. Uh, we, we need a couple of hockey players to go out there and show them how it's done. There, uh, it had to calm down a bit and just some pushing when Mark McGuire got near and out of his face because he's San Diego's bench coach. And then mm. things picked up again, more pushing and shoving. Uh, all of this, apparently, there's a history behind this uh, this series. But you brought up something that was interesting, John. The, the catcher was kind of running AJ, away backwards, AJ, like, AJ, like he was holding himself back. A.J. Ellis and Arenado uh, started screaming at each other, and uh, one guy was holding back A.J. Ellis, but basically A.J. was moving backwards screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was very it. funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the night My before- favorite ever was when uh, Bobby Coluccio from Milwaukee got hit in the head by Ray Corbin, laid him out right at home plate, all hell broke loose. And then uh, Bobby Darwin from the Twins... Went after Ken Berry from the center field, the center fielder, uh-huh. and chased him all down through the dugout, <laughs> out on the field, chased him all around. And uh, somebody said, "Bobby, can Ken Berry fight?" He says, "I don't know, but he can run." <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, this has been going on the whole series, apparently, by the way. Uh, Scott Olberg hit San Diego center fielder in the ribs yesterday. Uh, then it carried over when Rocky shortstop Trevor Story was hit in the first inning today. He's managing now. Andy Green is Green, managing yeah. Yeah. San Diego. Yeah, so uh, the whole thing. Uh, they uh, they threw out a bunch of people. Perdomo, Ellis, Arenado, uh, Herman Marquez, a Rockies pitcher, and Colorado outfielder Gerardo Parra. All, all right. Players. Rivalry. That's good. Well, nice. at least they're only going to play each other another 17 yeah, times this year. That'll work out well. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Johnny. You bet. Mackey uh, and his crusade against Andrew Wiggins had a pretty good bit today. Uh, he played the quotes uh, from Andrew yesterday about how this is the biggest event of his life, very flatlined, as, as he always is in his quotes. And then he played uh, Kevin Garnett before Game 7 of Sacramento. When oh, he was this is for all the marbles. Bringing, I'm bringing, loading up clips. Yeah, and, yeah, bringing the Uzis and all that, whatever whatever machine guns he was he was. Uh, yeah. In he was uh, bringing, and uh, it was hilarious, and it was probably remember how mad pr- remember how mad Vladdy got at him too for mm-hmm. for saying it for because because KG at the end of it he just said like I'm ready for war or something yeah, like yeah. that, and Vladdy's well, like well, he knows nothing about war. Or people something like. all over the country got mad at it, yeah, uh, yeah. because. Uh, but what I did, I actually called my son, who was in the Marines and had been in Desert Storm and, and you know, had been in Af- uh, Iraq three, four times. I said, what do you think? He says, that's exactly what I would want him to say. <laughs> that's exactly what I would want KG to say. So I use that in a column. But there's a lot of reasons to get on Wiggins the way he's been playing lately. Yeah, but the fact that he's not going to give you good quotes is not really one of them. No. Uh, he's not going to. He's just not going to present who he is. He's not going to present himself that way. And if he suddenly tried to sound like Kevin Garnett, you wouldn't buy it. It's not, yeah, I'd say, well, okay, who 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 got him to do this? Uh, you uh, you know, there's just you're not going to get those kind of quotes from him. It's like getting Joe. It's like getting quotes from Joe. Yeah, you know, boy, this is a big game. You know, Joe, tell you, yeah, this is a big game. Boy, we, 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 I sure hope we can beat the Yankees this year. But uh, there's, you know, there's uh, a lot of reasons to get on Wiggins right now. He has got to learn how to shoot the basketball again, yes. though. He was yes. never a real good shooter, but this is uh, preposterous. Yeah, but how can he shoot sixty four percent from the free throw line? I don't understand it, and and it's I mean he's never been a great free throw shooter, but he's always Only been seventy six percent. Yeah, mid seventies, mid high seventies. I looked it up seventy six, seventy six, seventy six point one. Yeah, his three previous years, and now so he's he, down to sixty four or 63, whatever it is. Sixty three, sixty four. It's unbelievable. And, uh, his his three point shooting. Has never been great. It's about five points less this year than it was last year when he took more, a lot more. But uh, his his two point shooting is, I mean, he's thirty two point seven percent or something the last six seven games. And going back to the free throw shooting too, because we all want him to put the ball on the floor and drive to the basket yeah. more because he's good at finishing at the rim, but. If you can't, if you're driving to the basket, and you're going to get fouled a lot. If you're only hitting sixty four percent of your they free throws, care. then yeah, you know they'll th- knock you to the floor and let you yeah. go make they'll one. They'll make on you earn it at the line every time. Yeah. What well, will this team have to do though? Because I know that the fan base is angry about basically every aspect of this team outside of Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Let's say they win tonight or whatever. The fan base is still going to be upset if they win tonight, then get swept in the playoffs. So what's going to have to happen for the fan base to be okay? Well. 
tonight will be we we think the fan base is all upset, right? Because we're hearing them from them sure. on social media and we're hearing everything. Tonight will be their 17th uh, sellout. Yeah. The most they've had since 04. Okay. That, you know, that building that building will be loud it and rocking. It will be fun. Now, tonight, they'll turn yeah. on them if they stink. Yeah. They'll, they'll turn and, on them. And the, the if they're down is, 12 in the middle of the fourth quarter and it's obvious they're going to get beat, yeah. they'll turn people on them. People will check out. But uh, this is the same. people are down on them. They, they don't like Thibodeau. And they're really down on Wiggins. And this is the same fan base, too, Pat, that was mad about the Derrick Rose signing. And then when he came into the game, his first game, Mm -hmm. they gave him a standing ovation. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's two different crowds out there. There's people who buy tickets who go to have a good time. And then people who tweet. Yeah. Yeah, and people who you know respond and comment and you know go on blogs and comment and we also and, gave Jim Tomey a standing ovation after he hit a home run against us with the Phillies. <laughs> well, that except was, we booed AJ. We still and then we booed AJ. Out. We still yeah. hate AJ. Boy, we're an interesting bunch. Aren't we? I haven't figured that out. But uh, sorry. Anyway, uh, it will be a uh, it'll be fun. Hey, what the hell? I I do think. The, as I said to Ashy, though, the thing going against them is they have not played well for three weeks. Even and Denver's their wins, played, and Denver's even been their terrific. Wins, and Denver's playing the best they've played, All and year. the Wolves are playing the worst. And Denver's the yeah. kind of team where if their their shots are falling, you're screwed. Basically, yeah. aren't they a heavy yeah. jump yeah. shot? Because they got they Will got guys Barton. that look out for Will, Will Barton, Barton, Jamal Murray. Like, yeah. They got Paul Millsap, who's no slouch. Well, they and, got him back. You know yeah. that you know, they played what half the two, year without two thirds of the season without him. Of the season amount that that's people are wondering why they're playing better. He's an all star. Yeah, you know, so uh, they're pretty good. You know, uh, Phil was saying the the Wolves will have the two best players on the field on the court, Towns and uh, and, and Butler. Butler, which might be true, but they have a lot more depth. They have a lot. They go a yeah. lot deeper. I think yeah. Teague is real important to him today if he can get by their guards. Especially if you're going to get if you're going to get a, a three for another three for twelve from Wiggins, then that means you're going to need even more from Teague, and you're going to need even more from Towns and more from Butler. I mean, that's that's the tough thing with Wiggins is that he's he's not playing well, so they need the other guys to play even beyond what they what they've been giving you. But hey, what the heck? If they uh, lose, they get a second they get a second first round. Yep. That's so, right. Uh, let's take the rosy view. Let's take the rosy view. me. I, we I do like that, that on this show. I do. It's yeah. always optimistic. Mm-hmm. We'll be back this day in history. And this portion of the Ride with Ricey today is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores, proud sponsors of the Beer Show, Thursday nights on 1500 ESPN. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Is it his time? On this day, that tells you how early Easter came this year, yeah. right? On this day in history, April 11th, 2004, Phil Mickelson won his first major at the Masters. And I recall, uh, you know, I was there, but I recall a year earlier when he's in contention on Sunday, I believe it was, and that 
par at number six, which is that par three where they hit it from up above on the hill, and that green like runs down this, and you got to get it all the way up on that ledge, and he hits one of the great tee shots ever. He hits it up there about six feet away on that ledge. Nobody ever gets up on that ledge. Mm. Misses the putt, and I remember saying. That bleepin' bleeper will <laughs> never win a major golf tournament <laughs> in his life. That was he back when he was rambling, he gambling, he Phil. Can't right? Make uh, make that putt, but he won that uh, uh, his first major, April eleventh, two thousand four. Took a lot of pressure off him, to say the least. He's won three Masters: two thousand four, two thousand six, two thousand ten. Uh, PGA 2005, the British Open 2013. Obviously, what's missing is the U.S. Open. And oh my, has he had some heartbreakers in that. Oh. 11 seconds. Unbelievable. No six, way. 11? Six U.S. Opens, one Masters, two British Opens, and two PGAs. Four of them by one stroke. Wow. He's had 11 seconds in the uh, majors. He's had a pretty good career. That's yeah. uh, that's for sure. Uh, smiling Phil. I was just going to say, who called him Smiling <laughs> that, that Phil? That phony smile that he could you really impress the He's a great family man. Yes, Loves his he family. Is a great family, except when he's in Vegas. <laughs>